Welcome to In the Studio, our weekly one-hour look at the world of music and everything connected to it. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Hi, Blair Packham. Hi, Bob Reed. You ready to talk music for an hour? I am indeed. Always ready to talk music, yeah. Yeah. And lots to talk about uh, on this week's show. We have uh, a cool lineup of guests, uh, a lot of up-and-comers. Yes. People really starting to make some noise. A couple would fall into that category. Yes, and, I think And one is an established grizzled veteran. <laughs> <laughs> that I think even he would concur Gray with. Greybeard, we yes. call him. No, I yes. don't think we do, but anyway. A band that caught my eye when their video started turning up uh, in my Facebook feed as friends were posting it, saying, check out this video. It's really cool. It's a beautiful moving postcard of the city of Toronto, and the song is catchy as hell, and I really like uh, all of it. This is what my friends were saying, and I checked it out, and I went, yeah, I agree. Ginger Ale and the Mono Whales... <laughs> It's the name of the band, and the song is called Home, and do check it out. It's so beautifully shot. It's a, it's a point-of-view tour around Toronto. One minute you're you're on the Danforth, and one minute you're down by Honest Ed's, and one minute you're over on the Toronto Islands. Uh, so it's a, it's a really great kind of, oh, I know where that is, I know where that <laughs> is. But the music is, is really strong, and this is a band that not only for the, the caliber of their recordings, but their live shows are starting to garner some attention. Ginger Ale and the Mono Whales. So two uh, two members of that outfit are going to join us. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting them. Yeah, they're uh, they're really terrific. The uh, grizzled veteran that we... <laughs> As I called him, <laughs> That's right. Johnny. I didn't. I never said it, Johnny. Uh, no, <laughs> is the, the uh, funny and uh, charming uh, Johnny Max from mm-hmm. the Johnny Max Band. Uh, they have a new album called Roadhouse Soul, and uh, they've got a CD release party coming up, and... And, you know, I know we talk about CD release parties a lot and, you know, because you, you, you want to you wanna pr- help people promote their music, you sure. know, their live music and so forth. But really, Johnny is a great entertainer. He's a, it's, a, it's, it's bound to be a party. And, uh, and I intend to be there, actually. So uh, he's, he's doing that uh, in the middle of February, on the 18th of February at the Moonshine in, uh, in Oakville. Beautiful downtown Oakville. That's right. It's great, great venue. It is. Yeah. yeah. And Johnny's always a good time. And joining us as well later in this broadcast, Craig Stickland. He's an L.A.-based but Canadian-born singer-songwriter. He is opening the upcoming Cross-Canada tour for Matthew Good that uh, hits London at the London Music Hall on March the 3rd and then three nights here in Toronto at the Danforth Music Hall, March 8th, 9th, and 11th. He's an interesting cat. He's an actor. He's a model. But those are his sort of day jobs, if you will. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, we've talked to over the years uh, some people who are actors uh, who have decided, or, or models who have decided they want to make music and they think it's going to be easy or something. And sometimes the results aren't so great. And he he's, uh, puts the lie to that. Uh, he's really fantastic. His voice is so great. His songs are terrific. And I really do get the feeling, as he says, that he, he, uh, he's doing the modeling thing as a way of supporting his music habit. Very clearly, he's not a latecomer to the party nope. thinking, I'm going to give this music thing a whirl now. That's always been yeah. his, uh, his goal. And he does the other stuff because it, it pays the bills. And actually, as we'll find out when we sit down with him, opens the doors in, in a lot of ways. You know, you move in an artistic milieu like that and uh, connections can help stuff happen. Happens. Yeah, yeah. In one profession that, uh, that helps the other. So looking forward to Craig Stickland joining us as well. This was the week that the Juno Award nominees came out. Was and, my name in there? Uh, hang on. Okay. Oh. Mm, oh, wait a minute. No, oh. no, no. Oh. Sorry, Blair. 
Uh, but you not got, for lack of trying. You got Maybe. my. Well, it is for lack of trying, actually. See, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you have to actually release a yeah. record. There's a. There's always a catch, can, Bob. Yeah, this. You know? that, I'm pretty sure that's in the fine print. The, the terms of use on the on the Karis site. You know where you <laughs> click. Yes, I agree. It's the man it's in keeping me down, Bob. <laughs> you know. But next year. Next year. Well, I will have an album out quite see? soon. I've perfectly timed it to be a, a, away from the the Juno Award nominations. <laughs> You'll let uh, Drake and Bieber and the Weekend this have time, their day. They, yeah, yeah, you know, you got to yeah. make room for the kids. But, but next you know. year, it's all going to be Blair, baby. <laughs> Drake, The Weekend, Sean Mendez all have five Juno nominations. Alessia Cara, and there's a connection between her and our forthcoming guest on this show, Craig Stickland. She's up for four nominations, along with some guy named Leonard Cohen. Gord Downey, three nominations in a few different categories. Nice to see that. Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But I did, Blair, what I always do when the Juno nominations come out. I go down the list and I look at some of the lesser names. Not that we don't have some of the big names join us in, in the studio here, but uh, some of the maybe lesser known names, but who have been guests here as they've been building their careers. Yes. And look at that. Crystal Shawanda, who was with us not too many months ago, is up for Indigenous Music Album of the Year. That's lovely to see. Under Contemporary Roots Album of the Year, a mainstay at the Cameron House, Corin Raymond. Oh. For Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams. That's a great record. It's a record. wonderful album. Yeah. 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 That's the one with, uh, I always say it, it, it sounds like the greatest Johnny Cash song that Johnny Cash never recorded called Hard on Things. <laughs> uh, Corin Raymond, very happy to see him with a, a Juno nomination. And I dare say we netted uh, a clean sweep in the Blues Album of the Year category, believe it or not, <laughs> because all of the nominees have been guests at least once. And probably, in every case, a couple of times on our show. Whitehorse, Paul Reddick, Colin Linden, Colin James, and Sean Pynchon, who was with us just last week. Just last week. All nominated for Blues Album of the Year. Wow. So that's going to be my favorite think, category to watch. I, I think we've been instrumental in, uh, <laughs> in forming their careers and leading to their great success. What were we taking credit for just recently? Oh, Michael Casehammer, who's touring right now. Um, when his last album came out, it immediately hit number one in one of the, one of the categories. Clearly, so, it had everything to do with absolutely. his appearance on our show. Absolutely. Yeah. So see, there you go. It pays to spend some time in here. <laughs> so we'll look forward to the Junos. They are happening uh, beginning of April, coming from Ottawa this year. Speaking of awards uh, and a different venue, the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame has taken an interesting approach now when they induct songs or songwriters. They're kind of doing it sporadically now. Every so often they will announce a new individual song or body of work from a Canadian songwriter that they are going to induct into the Canadian Songwriting Hall of Fame. And the latest is one of my favorites from 1970 for the Guess Who, a song called Hand Me Down World, which was written not by Burton Cummings and or Randy Bachman, but by Kurt Winter, who was one of the two guitarists who replaced Randy Bachman in the Guess Who when he departed right after the uh, chart-topping success of American Woman, which to me, this is a fascinating story. A Canadian band makes it all the way to the top of the Billboard chart yeah. with American Woman in yeah. 1970, hotter than hot, and then right in the aftermath of that, they part ways with Randy Bachman, one of their principal songwriters, their guitarist. So what do they do from there? Well, they replaced him with two guys, 
Kurt Winter and Greg Lescu, both Winnipeg natives, friends of the Guess Who guys for many years, uh, and they came together and picked up from there on the next record, Share the Land was the album. And as they were putting together songs to release on that record, Kurt Winter brought to the table Hand Me Down World, which was a song that he actually played with another band, another Winnipeg band. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, called Brother. Ah. which was a trio, yeah. and later, brother bass player Bill Wallace would join the Guess Who fans down the road, replacing Jim Cale when he departed. And so, uh, really nice to see that Kurt Winter's song, Kurt Winter is always lauded by Burton Cummings to this day as someone he admired tremendously as a a songwriter, as a guitarist, uh, and as a bandmate to get along with and, and have a good time with. And so as part of the induction of the song into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame, they do a cover version, and it's four-time Juno winners, the Sheepdogs, who've given a bit of an update to Hand Me Down World. mellow take on it, I think, than the original. It doesn't sound as angry. Yeah, but I like it anyway. That's the Sheepdogs with Hand Me Down World, the latest induction into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame, written by Kurt Winter. Kurt Winter would go on to write or co-write with Burton Cummings and others uh, several more hits for the Guess Who, including Rain Dance, Running Back to Saskatoon, Follow Your Daughter Home, and Clap for the Wolfman. Hmm. So there you go. There you go. There you go. We'll take a break here, and when we come back, Johnny Max will join us. We'll have some laughs with him and talk about uh, his veteran band's newest release, Roadhouse Soul is the name of it. Lots more when In the Studio returns after this. Music there from a fellow we've always got time for around these parts. That is from his band's brand new album called Roadhouse Soul. Out now, it's the Johnny Max Band. And they are uh, officially releasing that baby Saturday, February 18th at the Moonshine Cafe in Oakville. Johnny Max, he is a singer, songwriter, band leader, also a broadcaster and tireless promoter of the blues. And a veteran of the road. The Johnny Max Band has toured overseas. They've been down south recently. But they're back in the Golden Horseshoe to uh, provide a party and promote the latest. And uh, Johnny, it's good to have you on the line with us. Oh, man, it's great to talk to you guys again. It's been so long. It has been. <laughs> We've been missing you. I have a burning question that, uh, that's been bugging me. <laughs> Your heritage is, is from the British Isles, right? Scotland? 
Well, heritage. I was born in Scotland. Okay, well, there you go. Why do you think you have such an affinity for the blues? I have no idea. I I, I tell you this. There's nobody in my family that I grew up with that sang or played an instrument. There's none of my kids do. My wife's family doesn't. Nobody I hung around with. Um, I mean, we, we we all love music. My my closest friends, we all uh, we all love music and collected albums and stuff. And I still have thirty five hundred albums. But wow. I have no idea. I'm like a savant. <laughs> you must be. You're the only person, Johnny Max, that I can ever recall saying that. Because the usual answer is. Oh, I came from a musical family. My uh, dad all, played this, yeah. and my mom sang. We sat around and, uh, the yeah, kitchen yeah. table, and yeah. <laughs> all my friends played. We put basement bands together. Yeah. No, zero, nothing, nada nothing. with you. You're a freak. A Scottish freak. That's sort of redundant, I think. <laughs> Sitting around the kitchen table, I'm just picturing if the family was musical, you'd all be singing down-home blues, but with Scottish accents. Oh, absolutely. I woke up this morning. My baby left me. He's that scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. One of the things I love about your music is that it's, uh, so much of the blues is sort of uh, based on a reverence for the past and, and the way things, you know, were done in terms of sound and style, but also uh, by doing classic songs. But, but the Johnny Max Band relies much more on original songs. We do, because that's what I espouse. I mean, it's uh, you like Muddy Waters. I love Howlin' Wolf. Uh, we all love Johnny Hooker and stuff like that. But that's all been done, right? So you can use that. I've said this about Canadian blues for decades. We tend to amalgamate R&B and country and songwriting and, and Celtic music and, and different rhythms into blues and make it a melange sort of thing. Whereas in the U.S., they much more uh, go after copying what Little Walter did, or copying what Muddy Waters did when he got to Chicago. It's almost as as definite as the border between the two countries. It's amazing. Isn't that amazing? I love a, an original blues band, like a band that can take, you know, some of the, the standard imagery and the, and, the, and the, you know, even the cliches of the genre and turn them on their head. Yeah. You know, and make them into something fresh. Much of uh, Roadhouse Soul was co-written with bandmate Kevin Bino. Yep, Kevin and I got together. The, the album was, was a little late, so and uh, the older band, uh, through logistics, couldn't make it, so Kevin and I decided to finish it. Kevin's fantastic. Man, he, he, he's a great guitar player. He's a great arranger, I think, and uh, a real nice guy to hang out with. So You guys co-produced the album together too, right? Yeah, because we couldn't, we couldn't afford a real producer. <laughs> Blair was busy in Ireland. I was going to say, I was available. Man, <laughs> I'm always available. Tell us where you guys play, Johnny. I mentioned off the top that you've been overseas and down south. Where, where all do you get to? We're sort of moving out of the bar scene a little bit, although all the CD release parties, which we're doing all over southern eastern Ontario, will all be in venues and stuff like that, like the Moonshine. On Saturday, February 18th, come on down to moonshinecafe.com. <laughs> well done, sir. But we try and play more for festivals, and we're looking at touring. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm hoping to be back in Ireland and maybe up in the Orkney Islands in Scotland in September. And, uh, and you know, and we will be in Germany next May. And, we're you know, you, you just look at, at Europe has, um, I think, just a bit more, um, they pay a bit more attention to, to music and art per se, than we do here in North America. So it's a, it's a joy to play over there. So, you know, it, it, it takes a long time. I think a lot of musicians forget how long it takes and uh, and that you just have to keep at it. And eventually, 
everybody else dies off and you're the only one left. <laughs> the survivor strategy. Yeah. I, I know stardom is right around the corner for me. <laughs> In Europe, I, I claim that we're a boy band. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Johnny Max is on the line with us, and the Johnny Max band's newest album is called Roadhouse Soul, Saturday, February 18th at the Moonshine Cafe in Oakville. But, Johnny, want to back up to your previous release. It's a long road. The song Daddy's Little Girl from that album won, yep. won the International Songwriting Competition, Blues Song of the Year honor. That's pretty cool. That was, uh, it was amazing because it's... Um... It, it seems to be inundated with Canadian artists. Alec Fraser has was Rick Farns has won once. Susie Vinnix won once. Uh, I co-wrote that with Jesse O'Brien, who's now on tour with Colin James, and uh, that was a wonder. That was a great year. That was. We got a Juno nomination out of that. We got that award, and uh, we got a Mississauga Arts Council award as well. So it was great. I'm curious though, in writing new blues songs, you know, like we know that "Dust My Broom" or, or "Manish Boy." are blues songs, even though they're not really like each other particularly. Yeah. But So what do you think makes a new song blues? Uh, I really couldn't tell you. I think you have to go with your gut feeling and, and be, I, I used to call it blues-ish. Right. So you, you know there's blues in it. I mean, this, this album has a bit more, um, you know that 70s rock and roll, so the Clapton, the, the, the John Mayalls, uh, the Stones feel that there was all, uh, Frankie Miller, for, for want of a better phrase, there was, um, you knew everything had blues in it, but it hadn't really morphed into rock and journey and, and, and new wave and stuff. So there was still a blues tinge in it. And I think that's where Kevin and I really uh, gelled and, and, and found that sort of idea and groove. So Roadhouse Soul is like a tribute to Frankie Miller, who him and Bob Seger were, were writing partners and stuff like that. So it has that sort of feel in our mind. And I think as long as... Um, even though the chord progressions aren't really there for blues, I think it's it's the feel, the attitude, and 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 uh, and your soul that tells you that it's a blues song. Authenticity, it's always key. Oh, I tell you, if you can fake authenticity, man, you got it made. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Max, before we let you go, are you still doing Sunday Morning Soul, your long-running radio show? Thirteen years on the air, man. Syndicated in twelve stations all over the U.S. and Canada, online and terrestrial. Wow. Outstanding. Yeah, I am a media mogul. You sure are. And you know how much money is in that. <laughs> yeah, tell us about Mogledom it. Moguldom <laughs> is, is not what it used to be. The Johnny Max Band hits the Moonshine Cafe in Oakville on Saturday, February 18th for the release of their brand new album, Roadhouse Soul. It is out now. Check them out online, johnnymaxband.com. Johnny, always a hoot to chat with you. Thanks, lad. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Blair. You guys are wonderful. And uh, I'll tell everybody to listen. Please do. Please do. <laughs> a quick bit of business here, and when we return, a terrific indie rock band making some noise, Ginger Ale and the Mono Whales, two members of that group, join us when In the Studio returns after this. Welcome back to you in the studio. Bob Reed and Blair Packham with you. Music there from our next guests. That is Ginger Ale and the Mono Whales. Not Mono Rails, so all of you with the Simpsons thing in your head, stop. Ginger Ale and the Mono Whales. 
who are a terrific indie rock band, uh, making all kinds of noise here in and around the Toronto area as one of the most memorable and energizing up-and-coming live acts. That song, Home, has a fantastic video for it. It's uh, really a love letter to the city of Toronto. As the first single and video from their latest EP, Bang, it has garnered them over 226,000 views on Facebook alone and 100,000 plays on Spotify. Joining us in the studio from the band are lead singer Sally Shar and drummer Jordan Sircosta. I mentioned the video for Home. Uh, that's what uh, put you guys on my radar when it started popping up. Friends on Facebook were sharing and saying, have you seen this? It's amazing. It's like a postcard come to life for the city a, of Toronto. A love letter. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Was that the goal when you were setting out? I'm assuming Toronto's home, and so it, it came together that way. But did you really want to make kind of the definitive Toronto postcard video? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was definitely our goal. Like, I mean, when we were writing the song, uh, it had a bit more of a wider range of themes to it in terms of what could be considered home. But home, yeah. we kind of honed in on on the idea of Toronto. Um, all four of us band members having been from like growing up in the city, yeah. um, we really wanted to do that. And yeah, Sally had the great idea of doing the point of view uh, whole thing that she came up with our director Chris Howe. And um, yeah, I think we created something pretty unique that that definitely paid homage to to the city we come from. It's very charming, very charming. Sally, your positive vibes are you know they come through the screen. It's it's fantastic. I appreciate that, <laughs> and uh, I think what else comes through is that the positive vibes of the city yeah. help with that. Yes, for sure. You've gotten all this attention for the song. Does it represent your other music? Because sometimes people will put out a song and it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of their repertoire, mm -hmm. you know. But it connects? We hope so. Some of the other material on the EP is, um, you know, from about a year ago, two years ago, whereas Home is actually one of the most recent songs we had written. Oh, nice. So it comes, f like, it's indicative of where we come from musically, but it definitely, like, shows growth on our part and what we feel is maturity as songwriters because we've just learned so much over the past year in terms of how to put together a good song that this is sort of our first attempt at making something that's, you know, you know, really cohesive and concise. You know? Right, right. Do you guys write together? Yeah. Yeah, it's very much a collaborative project like in every all way. four of you guys. Yeah, mm -hmm. everything from the lyrics to the music to the ideas we have, we all work together as a team. I mentioned your live show in the introduction a little bit there, but for Ginger Ale and the Mono Whales, you don't just come out and stare at your shoes or play the songs. Like Connecting with the audience and really bringing the party to the house is a big part of what you guys do. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got like pool noodles. We have homemade confetti guns. Homemade <laughs> confetti. It's much cheaper to make confetti than to buy it. How do you make homemade confetti? Oh, you, that would be giving away our secrets, oh, oh, man. Okay, yeah. sorry. I should have <laughs> you know, known. So with the glitter and the pool noodles all in the crowd and the balloons, we just want everyone to feel comfortable at home, which is a theme, Yeah. as well as comfortable within themselves so that they can feel that it's okay if I dance here. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, yeah. it's cool. I'm just going to let loose a little bit. So that's kind of the environment we want to create. That's awesome. On March the 13th, you're playing the after party for the Flaming Lips show at Cherry Cola's Rock and Rolla Cabaret. <laughs> I love the name of that place. Yeah. And there have been lots of parallels drawn between your live vibe and that of the Flaming Lips. Uh, do those guys know you? Do you have a connection with that band? We have met them. Yeah, uh, I've met Wayne, and he's a really cool guy. But actually, most recently... The guitarist in the band, Jake Ingalls, is in a band called Space Face. So we played a show with them. And so through that, he stayed at my place with this band, and we're getting closer and closer in a connection. And then he contacted me for the Flaming Lips to have the show. No kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. 
They're wow. really great guys, and we're honored to have that connection at all, and also for people to be relating us to them at all, even though I don't think maybe musically we are, to have that feeling that they have when they capture a crowd, that's an honor. I think that is what it is. It's, it's not the music so much, uh, from what I've heard of, of your music, which is a, a few songs at this point, and the, and the, the songs sound great, but, but it, it isn't a, a musical connection so much as the community thing, as you say. Exactly. Who are your influences musically? Who do you sound like? If, you, know, you know that terrible question? People yeah, say, who do you yeah. sound like? You know. Well, that's the thing. I've, is what's funny about this is that each member of the band has really unique tastes that don't necessarily sound anything like the band. Right. But somehow, when we come together to make music, we end up making something that sort of, you know, has has uh, like flavors of you know like metric, in terms of like that you know Toronto pop the tr- Toronto kind of sound. poppy synth synth yeah, pop sound. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, yeah. I heard that. Sort of pioneering that. Yeah. In that. Um, and our next single, "Name for Myself," is a little bit more uh, indicative of that of that vibe. Right. Um, who else? We've gotten OK Go is a oh, really yeah. great. Oh thing. yeah, I can hear that too. A new project for Ginger Ale and the Mono Whales. This is interesting. You've been chosen by the province of Ontario to record a new version of the age-old Ontario theme song, "A Place to Stand, A Place to Grow." It's going through everybody's yeah. head right now. <laughs> but your version completely retools it from the ground up. First of all, how, how did that happen? How did you get selected to, to do this? And then how did you approach remaking the song? Well, as far as how we were initially contacted, the engineer working at the production house, Keen Music, who was initially hired to uh, to make some demos for the Ontario government that they could consider as, as potential options, he had run sound for us a good like three and a half years ago at this little club show that we had done when we were just starting out. And since we had just put out Home about a week before, he was like, it seems as though the thing that the government is looking for in these demos is a lot like what your song already sounds like. So you seem like a band that, you know, should probably take a crack at this. So uh, we had about four or five days that they had given us before they needed something. So we kind of just dropped everything and and jumped into our rehearsal space and and banged out a demo for them. And they chose it. Right place, right time, right talent. Well, I'm really impressed with it because when I heard, you know, that that's what you had done, I was expecting something a little different from the way it came out. Here's a listen. Give us a place to stand, give us a place to grow and call this land Ontario, a place to live for you and me with hopes as high as the tallest tree. Give us a smart to not take the classic Ontario area but to still put a bit of a a bit of a twist on it were you given any direction at all or did you have carte blanche to approach it the way you wanted not really we were given the song and all we were given was also like we like home so we went with that and that's kind of what we came up with we were told the lyrics needed to remain the same that was their big stipulation was like don't write any new lyrics to the song but they were like we want it to sound you know really hip really cool really modern and our our ask to them was you can either have a very hip and modern 
and not have Ontario, or you can have that, <laughs> and you're gonna take a bit of a hit on the hipness and you know modernity. So, to like just just give that back to the government and see what they say. And they came back with, "Don't worry about it. You guys can do your own thing." So we replaced it with the hook you guys just heard. Nice, very very smart, I think. So you've got a you've got a smash video that's all about Toronto. You've redone the Ontario song. What's next? You're gonna be in Canada. Take Canada and then the world. <laughs> you know, that's actually what we hope to do. Well, yeah, we, we love Canada. I love Canada. It's helped me have all these opportunities here, and we believe in it. And so we hope to take over Canada next and then start traveling other places. Yeah. That sounds Bringing like Canada a good plan. to them. That's an yeah. excellent you know? strategy. Yes. That's Jordan Sircosta and Sally Shar from Ginger Ale and the Mono Whales. Check them out online at uh, www.themonowhales.com. After a short break, we'll come back with Craig Stickland. He is an L.A.-based, Canadian-born singer-songwriter, really talented fella, and he's hitting the road with Matthew Good very soon. Craig Stickland joins us after this break in the studio. Take me to the liquor store And point me to the bottles that will make them That's music from Craig Stickland, who joins us in the studio now. He is an L.A.-based, Canadian-born singer-songwriter and is about to hit the road right across the country with Matthew Good. That tour gets underway February 11th in Victoria, stops in London at the Music Hall on March the 3rd, and then three nights at the Danforth Music Hall here in Toronto on March 8th, 9th, and 11th. Craig, welcome. Good to have you here. Great to be here. You're L.A.-based, but you are a Canuck. Where where are you from originally? (laughs) Yeah, I was born in Vancouver. And I grew up in Toronto, just the outskirts of Toronto. And how long have you been in L.A.? I've been there for about two years now. I've had my U.S. working papers for three. And what took you down there? I mean, obviously, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't assume. Was it music? It was not music, Aha, actually. See, so, that's why I stopped myself yes, at the edge of the cliff. <laughs> yes, it's, it's always been for music, but we had to get there in, in, a, in a roundabout way. So firstly, obviously, I love Toronto. I love being Canadian. I'm so proud anytime I present my Canadian passport. But... I mean, as you can see, it's freezing rain out here. We have we have sun every <laughs> we have sun every single day in LA. So don't you get tired of that? Yeah. No. You oh, should really. miss the seasons. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right now, no. Yeah. So that's what everybody says. Don't you miss the seasons? No, not really. But um, I do love winter. But anyways, so I, I I've always wanted to be a full time musician, but as you know, it's incredibly difficult to to come up in the, in this industry, especially with no one buying records anymore and yeah. all these other things. Yeah. So. I always did a little bit of acting and modeling work, and my manager was was essentially like, "Dude, you need to get in great shape, and then we'll we'll sign you with Wilhelmina Models in the states." So he he kept his word, and I kept mine, and and they sponsored my working paper. So I I went down there as a model, and then slid my way into doing full time music. So. Well, you know what? That's totally heartening because uh, people have been calling me about modeling uh, work as well. No, it's totally heartening. Be- Why do you laugh? So it's no. totally heartening because. We talk to occasionally um, actors or models who have decided they want to do music. Mm. And often the music is lame. <laughs> often it's just not so good because they sort of think, oh, I don't know. I, they have a starry-eyed idea about, about how, uh, how to write a song or, or how to perform or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're not like that at all. 
I am deeply impressed with what you do. Oh, thank you. And very and much. I don't know about the modeling. Don't I mean, who knows? Well, <laughs> it, it's funny because you know Malcolm Gladwell and his ten thousand hours thing, yep. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the funny thing about acting and modeling is there's no prerequisites. You say, oh yeah, I want to be a model. I want to be an actor, and you get an agency, and then all of a sudden you're an actor and a model. And that's what you are. But yeah. as a musician, you can't fake it. You need yeah. to put in the ten thousand hours, which I have done. But it's up to hour nine thousand, which I was at a couple of years ago. <laughs> I wasn't making a living. I couldn't. I couldn't get by. So I was bartending and serving. So. Acting and modeling was always a way that I could make my month's worth of money in one day. And when I was when I was living in Toronto, I never really had those days often enough. So I still had so I couldn't spend all the time I needed. So when I when I went down to the States on the work visa, I got some big campaigns that allowed me to do just one day of work and then the rest of the time I could just focus hundred percent. And then in a short period of time, that's where I got my my other thousand hours and I and that's when I truly started to make a living as a musician. That's great. Yeah. Craig Stickland is with us. Let's talk about your music and where you're at. You've got brand new product just about to come out. Yes, absolutely. So I have one record that's available everywhere that music is available online and I have a second record coming out very soon and a single from that coming out very soon as well. What's the name of the single? What should we be watching for? It's it's called Warning. Okay. Do you write most of your stuff on your own or do you co-write? It's funny. I went back and forth. So I had this great mentor back in the day, this guy named Mike McCarty, who's actually now the president of SoCan. You're wearing a SoCan. <laughs> I, know, I know Mike very well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he, when I was when I was first coming up, when I was about 17, I, I met with Mike McCarty and, and got, got into the EMI music publishing world. And that's what first got me thinking, okay, I can do this professionally. So it took me, you know, 15 years to, to do it professionally. But it was Mike that kind of inspired me at the very beginning. And he used to say that 99% of songs that are on the Billboard Top 100 are co-writes, are, co- are collaborations. And you get the rare John Mayer who wrote Daughters, for example, all on his own. Or, or there's, there's examples it's, of that. Or it, sure, but they tend to be the exceptions. Exactly. So Mike was all about collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. And so... I went and collaborated, but then I was I was really wanting to focus on my, on my craft, and I really wanted to just become the best songwriter that I could. So I was just writing every single day, and so the record that I'm about to put out is probably eighty percent, hundred percent publishing me, and then everything else co-writes. And then once I once I felt like I'd, I'd maxed out my my single person writing, I started jumping into co-writing sessions again. Yeah, co-writing can be invigorating if you uh, if you sort of get sick of hearing your own voice mm-hmm. i don't mean your singing voice but your your voice is a songwriter you can get to the end result so much faster too yeah because yeah. if you're stuck someone else is going to prompt something that's going to prompt you that's going to prompt them and you're just going to go back and forth and so for example like warning the song that's coming out i wrote it 100 myself and i had the idea for a while i had it for months i had this this cool i had the melody but i didn't know what i was going to sing about and then one day i just sang you remind me of a warning off the top and i was like oh man that could be it yeah but I didn't know what it was going to be about. But then on the other hand, the second single that we're thinking, I wrote with this amazing Canadian musician called Royal Wood. Sure, I know Royal, yeah. He's amazing. He came over to my house. I'd never met him before, but we had a lot of mutual friends. We wrote the song in one hour. And it was just, it came together so fluidly. It was unbelievable. So you can, I mean, there's no right answer, but. Yeah, no, I mean, arguably the the songs that are co-written, it's a little harder to get really deeply personal, Mm -hmm. arguably. But uh, I you know, I, I think it can be done. I, I like co-writing when, when I get bored with myself. Mm-hmm. So. And I also like to co-write with an idea that I've, that I've been stuck with. Yes, where you just don't know where to take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good way out for sure. Craig Stickland's in the studio with us. I uh, wanted to ask you about uh, the success you had uh, touring with uh, Alessia Cara 
four Juno nominations this mm-hmm. week for her. So things are are really happening there. You toured with her last summer on the on the Coldplay tour. Yes. How yeah. did you connect working with her? Just like the modeling and just like the acting, I've always had to do other things to pay the bills, man. It's hard because it's funny. As a musician, I mean, a guitar costs $5,000 if you want a good one. But yeah. how long does it take to make 5000 after you've paid your rent and everything? It's almost impossible, right? Yeah. So once again, that, that situation is I started playing with other artists to just be their backup guy in order to, to just make money. Originally, when I moved out to Miami, I was there for um, modeling. I signed with Wilhelmina in Miami. But... I met another one of Chris's artists, my manager, uh, this girl named Kat Dahlia. So it's one of those things where she's putting together a band, she needs a guitar player. I say, listen, I'll be your guitar player at a discounted rate if you let me open up for you any opportunity that I possibly can. Whoa, good idea. So same thing happened with Alessia. So I was actually sitting down with with Chris at at brunch, and he said, hey, dude, check this song out. Do you think I should represent this girl? And it was here. And we're like, yeah, man, you should definitely (laughs) represent this girl. So she, she put out here, and it exploded. And... So she needed, it was kind of right place, right time kind of thing where she was doing Ellen for the first time. And I needed to be down the street the next day with the song learned because they, they weren't going to fly in a guitar player from Toronto. Yeah. So Chris was like, hey, man, can you be at Ellen tomorrow and learn the parts? Make sure you have them down. And I was like, yeah, of course. So I, I got that down and then it was, I vibed with the whole crew and the band and everyone. So it just, she, she offered me the, the same situation where I could open up for her and, and also be her guitar player. And so... That was amazing because it gave me the opportunity to do it all without any pressure on me. Yeah. So I've done every single late night TV show. So when I come around and turn around and do it on my turn, it's going to be like, oh, hey, what's up? I've seen you before. I've done yeah. This before. Yeah. And then halfway through that tour where I was opening up and playing guitar, she gets a call from Chris Martin saying, hey, man, you want to you wanna come open up for me on my worldwide tour? So we'd been vibing so well, and Alessia's amazing. I loved, loved playing with her on stage. It was so much fun just, just to just play, man. It was awesome. And she said, hey, man, you want to you want to come and be my guitar player for this Coldplay tour? I was like, let me think about that first. I got some other things going on. All right. I'll free up some room for you. <laughs> yeah. How was that like, uh, playing really big venues? I would think my whole life. I always dreamt of playing arenas. Yeah. I thought to myself, all right, I'm going to sell out arenas one day. That's my goal. Yeah. But now we played stadiums. And then we went back. They, they filled out arenas on some of the days on the tour. I'm like. What are these? Is this a venue for ants? I need, I need a stadium. I can't do these arenas anymore. So it kind of set the bar a little higher. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, but the thing is, too, is being with those guys and seeing it firsthand, you realize that they're just university friends. They've, they've just put in the work. They're amazing. They've connected with people. And they, it truly solidified to me that absolutely anything you want to do in this world is completely possible. Beautiful. Yeah. Last thing we want to ask you about just before we let you go is uh, you're also starring in uh, kind of a TV series. Tell us about that. It's it, it's on Verizon or with Verizon. What's the story? Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's a that's a funny thing too. So I was supposed to do the European and North American Coldplay dates with Alessia, and I get a call from my Canadian film agent, and I I've been I was kind of putting acting on the back burner because I'd been doing music full time, and I was finally living my dreams. And I said, listen, I'm booked out for the next four months. I cannot do anything. And my agent kept calling, who I've been with for ten years, and we have a great relationship. She's like, listen, man, they've they've been calling you about you every single day and so it's uh, ron howard's production company called new form digital and it's it's a series it's a musical based series and they needed a german guy who was who could also play a turkish guy who was also a musician so they needed all these specific things to check their boxes and i used to work in catering and all these actors would be like there's one role out there for me and I, i'm never going to give up the dream and i'm like oh, i don't know man like, it <laughs> seems like it's taken a while right. and it's true because i was turned down by so many acting roles in the past and then this was just the perfect role for me and that's why they were calling her off the hook 
And so I, I got the role. I put myself on tape, and I met with the director the next day, and she offered me the role. And so it ended up working out so I could do the North American Coldplay dates right after. So it was oh, man. perfect oh, timing. Yeah. So I got the yeah. best of both worlds. And it's a cool nitty-gritty series. It's set in Berlin. I Like I said, I play a German-Turkish guy, a music producer and musician. I fall in love with Katie Finley, who's my co-star. We make music together. Our band starts to blow up. Duncan Sheik, who did the music is a guy who did the music for Spring Awakening, who swept yeah. the Tony Awards when it came out. He's amazing. He's yeah. amazing, yeah. yeah. And we're actually recording in New York together. We we hit it off. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so Lovely. It's just such a great experience. That's great. Incredible, yeah. But can can Canadians see it? Unfortunately not. Yeah, it's it's a it's on it's on Verizon's mobile service. So yeah. Verizon's trying to answer Netflix and, yeah. and stuff like that. So they're they're making they made an app called Go Ninety which, which has content now. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Well, mm-hmm. look forward to seeing it somehow, somewhere. We're have to. We're gonna get it in Canada and Europe and everywhere else very soon. They're working on it right now. Nice. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. Craig Stickland is about to hit the road with Matthew Good on a cross country tour. Are you solo by yourself at that, or are you with a band? Yeah. So I eventually I'm gonna have a band, but right now I'm just doing loop pedal stuff, which is which has been a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. The dates are in London at the Music Hall on March the third, and then uh, three nights in Toronto, the Danforth Music Hall, March eighth, ninth, and eleventh. Craig Stickland. Really cool music that this fellow makes. Do check him out. Great of you to stop by. Thanks yeah, of course. Thanks for coming Thank you guys by. so much. That is our time for this week. Thank you, Mark Tang, for technical production, and to Patrick O'Neill as well. Thank you, Blair Packham. Thank you, Bob Reed. We'll do it again next time we gather here in the studio and talk about the world of music. Take care until then.